<clears throat> so please remain standing for the reading of God's Word. Today's scripture reading, you've already heard it twice already. It's from Isaiah chapter 9, verses 2 through 7. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing it and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Kids, first through fifth grade, you are dismissed to King's Quest. The rest of us can be seated. Well, here at Grace, one of the ways we get ready for the Christmas season is by making our sanctuary as cold as possible. So if you're feeling that today, just know it's an intentional choice. I don't know if my fingers have enough feeling to turn the pages in the Bible, so we'll see how far we get. Uh, My name's Jake, and it's great to be with you this morning, Grace family. Um, Well, here's what I'll say. I think somebody's title tells you something. The title that somebody has sets up an expectation for who that person is. Title tells you something. Dumb example, but just go with me. On its own, the name Dwayne Johnson isn't that intimidating, right? If someone was like, hey, somebody wants to fight you, and their name is Dwayne Johnson. You're like, All right, I mean, I can't beat up anybody, but that's not that intimidating, right? But if someone said, hey, somebody wants to fight you, and their name is Dwayne The Rock Johnson, okay, all of a sudden, that's a little bit more intimidating, right? That's not somebody you want to mess with. That title, The Rock, it tells you something about Dwayne Johnson. It sets up an expectation. One more, all right. Pretend you're you're playing baseball and you're pitching. Okay, you're on the mound, you're set, and you hear, up next, George Herman Ruth. Okay, again, not that intimidating of a name, but how about if you're getting ready to pitch and then you hear, up next, the Sultan of Swat, the Titan of Terror, the Colossus of Clout, the King of Crash, the Great Bambino, Babe Ruth. I don't know about you, but I'd be like, 
I would not like to pitch to this person, right? That title sets up an expectation. You now have an idea of who this is coming up to the mound. How about these titles? Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. 2,700 years ago, God's people were in a bad place. The nation of Judah was in a spiritual downward spiral. Moral decay was rampant. There's political instability. It looked like there were bad times ahead for God's people. And there were. And God let them know that. But also through the prophet Isaiah, he reassured his people that there was hope. Because he said there would be a baby that would be born. And this baby would grow up to become a king. And this king would save his people. And Isaiah says, here's some of the titles that people will ascribe to this king. He'll be a wonderful counselor, a mighty God, an everlasting father, a prince of peace. And now 2,700 years later, we know the name of that baby. We know who that king is. Because he's our king. It's Jesus. And like Beth was saying, in the season of Advent, I kind of think of it like we're in limbo, right? We're between the fact that Jesus has come, the baby was born, the king was here on earth, and that gives us hope. At the same time, we're waiting for our king to come back and make all things new and all things right. And so we sit in the middle, both with the hope from his first coming and hoping for his second coming, longing for him to come back. And so in this season of Advent, we're going to take one of these titles of Jesus, one of these names each week, and think through how it meets us right here, right now, in our longing, how it gives us hope for the future and hope for today. So today we'll take the first name of Jesus from Isaiah 9, the first title, Wonderful Counselor, and we'll take it word by word, literally because there are two words, word by word. Let's take that second word first, counselor. Isaiah says that Jesus is a counselor. So what does that mean? Well, when Isaiah wrote this, uh, there wasn't like Dr. Phil or anything, so that wasn't what he had in mind. Okay, as he's thinking of a counselor, the specific role that he's talking about would have been an advisor to the king. So picture a king, and the king has all these guys around him, and they help the king make decisions, okay, decisions that will be good for the whole entire kingdom. That's what a counselor was. This, this would have been somebody of great wisdom, somebody of great insight and great foresight, somebody who could look at the complicated mess of reality and say, there, that's it. This is the path forward. Somebody who knows the right decision to make, a person who guides. That's what a counselor is. The way I think about it, as I try to think of a counselor in my life, the person that comes to mind is a guy named 
Jesus. And Jesus is my academic advisor. He's, he's my guidance counselor. And if you know me, you know that I am in seminary, and I have been in seminary for way, 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 way too long. So the best thing for me is to get out to graduate as quickly as possible. And Jesus knows that he has the same good goal for me that I have for myself. The difficulty is, there's all these classes I have to take, right? And some of them are only in the spring, and some of them are only in the fall, and sometimes the time they're offered conflicts with each other, so it's, it's complicated, it's a bit of a mess. But what Jesus does for me is he takes all of that, he looks at all the different possibilities, and comes to me and says, Jake, here's the best path forward for you. Take this class at this time in this sequence, and you will graduate as soon as possible. He takes my complicated mess and shows me the right path forward. And Isaiah says, that's what Jesus is. Jesus is our counselor. And this would have been good news for the original people who heard that. Uh, because, like I said, they were in a time of political instability. Things were not going well with the nation of Judah. And in fact, they had a king on the throne. His name's King Ahaz. King Ahaz was not a good king. He made very poor leadership decisions, decisions that would ultimately uh, result in deportation and his people being exiled. So not a good king. And so for God's people to hear, that's, King Ahaz is unwise. He has bad counsel. But the king that God will raise up, he'll be a counselor. That would have meant something. I love, too, it, it doesn't say that Jesus will have good counselors around him. He will be the counselor. He himself will have the wisdom necessary to say, this is the right path forward. I know we're a very different context, but I think that's still good news for us today. Because I don't know about you, but I think so often in life, we are looking for a counselor. We are eagerly longing for someone who will guide us, for someone who will say, I know life's a complicated mess swirling all around you, but here, this is the way forward. Part of the reason I think that every, every four years, really every two years, but certainly every four years, there's just so much um, emotion and energy and, and it just gets so out of whack is because we know we need somebody to guide us. I mean, one of the things that the right and the left can both agree on is this is not the way it's supposed to be. We need help. We long for somebody to step up and say, I have a plan. I know what will guide us into flourishing. We long for that. And I mean, the good truth is God does work through government. I'm not saying, not invalidating that, but here's the sad truth is we, we expend so much energy. We slap bumper stickers on our car. We get in really productive arguments knowing, knowing that the person that we elect will fail us. They will do some things that are good 100%, but they'll do some things that are wrong. 
They will make wise decisions, and they will make unwise decisions. Again, not saying that they're unimportant, but at the end of the day, they're just human. Their counsel will fail. We long for somebody who will step up and actually make right decisions for all people. And Isaiah says, that's Jesus. Here's the thing, too. It's not just the mess out there that we need a counselor for, but it's the mess in here. I'm 27 years old, so I'm getting pretty up there in years now. (laughs) I'm advanced in age. No, I'm, I'm not. I'm a young guy. But even still, one of the things that is so clear to me is that I don't know what's best for me. I don't know what's best for me. What does the Bible say? Follow your heart. No, that's not in the Bible. That's Disney. No, the Bible says the heart is deceitful and sick above all things. We don't know what's best for us. And man, I wish the world was more black and white, but I'm realizing more and more it's just complicated. It sometimes just feels like a mess swirling around me. I don't know the right step forward. I don't know the best path to take. I need somebody to come alongside me and say, Jake, this is what's going to be best. This is the path forward you need to take. I need a guide. And that's why I find so much comfort in the fact that one of the titles of Jesus is that he is our counselor. Just a couple scriptures that I think show how awesome it is, or how awesome God's counsel for us is through Jesus. John 10.10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. This is Jesus speaking. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I'm on board with that plan. Matthew 11, again, Jesus speaking, come to me all who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. One more. Favorite, favorite passages in the Bible. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Doesn't that sound like a good plan? We look forward to the day 
when our whole world will be guided by Jesus' counsel. But we can experience that in our lives now. And so through prayer, through grounding our lives in his word, through being in relationship with other people who have his spirit dwelling inside of them, we can open ourselves up to the counsel of Jesus. I like that plan. Now here's the thing though, Jesus isn't just a counselor, but Isaiah says he is a wonderful counselor. Because here's the reality, a lot of people have plans. Everybody has some sort of counsel. And the truth is, there's some bad counselors out there. There's also some good counselors out there. But Jesus isn't either of those things. Isaiah says he is a wonderful counselor. And that word wonderful, I know in English it's kind of lost its punch a little bit. Like my wife Ryan is wonderful. And the burger I had last night is wonderful. Right, but those are not the same things. So we need some other words to think through this. Marvelous is another way to translate it. He's a marvelous counselor. Extraordinary. My favorite one, miraculous. Jesus is a miraculous counselor. He is a miracle of a counselor. It's the type of thing that makes your jaw hit the floor. It's to say that the quality of his planning, his guidance, his wisdom is unmatched. Because the plans that Jesus has actually come to pass. He's a, he's a miraculous counselor. Going into the year 2020, I knew I was going to have to be on my game. Okay, I knew it was about to be the busiest year of my life because I was working full-time here at Grace. I was in seminary, as I have been since the day I was born. And I, I was getting married that June, so the whole lot of wedding planning had to happen. And then just on top of that, like, life is busy, right? So I'm like, I need to be dialed in. I need to have a plan for my life, Okay. So for the first time in my life, I bought an annual planner, which I, actually, I still have it. This is my 2020 annual planner. And maybe you can hear the irony of those words. <laughs> if you were to look from about January through March, every minute of my life is dialed in, and then from April to December, it's blank. Something happened. Something happened that made this thing pointless, worthless. Here's the reality. Sometimes my plans show how in control of my life I am. And sometimes my failed plans show how completely out of control I am. Scary truth is that no matter how good we are at planning, we are just simply not in control. Now, the Bible says there's wisdom in planning. By all means, that's true. And at the same time, we aren't in control. 
Nobody plans for a worldwide pandemic. Nobody plans for a life-changing illness. You look at somebody's calendar, chances are they will have written in their death, their birth date. They will not have written in their death date. We don't know. There's so much we just aren't in control of. And if you're like me, which means if you tend towards anxiety, that's terrifying. We're not in control. And that's why it's so wonderful to hear that Jesus is our wonderful counselor. Because that means he is in control. Our wisdom has a limit, but that's not the case with Jesus. He is never outmatched. He's never outmaneuvered. He's never caught off guard. His plans actually come to pass. Because he's a miracle of a counselor. My favorite thing from the life of Jesus that shows this is the cross. I love saying that the cross looked like the greatest failure. Like as I sit down at the beginning of the year and I chart out what are my ministry objectives for the year, I have never once written, well, by the end of the year, I hope I get executed. Right? No one would ever do that. That's, that's illogical. That's nonsensical. That's what happens to Jesus. And from a certain point of view, it looks like, man, Satan won. Checkmate. Jesus has lost. His plans have failed. But we know that's not where the story ends. The amazing reality, that was Jesus' plan being fulfilled. Because nothing catches him off guard. He's never outplayed or maneuvered. He is in control. The plans that he has happen. Because he's a wonderful counselor. And here's why that's good news. is because he has a plan for you. He has a plan for this world and he has a plan for you. I'm just going to read from one passage. This, this is one of my favorite passages in the whole Bible. If you're anxious like me, this is a great one. Romans 8, starting in verse 28. Sorry, verse, yeah, verse 28. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. Those whom he called, he also justified. Those whom he justified, he also glorified. It's a lot of theology. What does that mean? Here's what it's saying. God has had a plan for you before you were even you. God has had a plan for your life before he even spoke the universe into existence. 
and nothing ruins his plan. All things work together as God intends. And why this brings me comfort is this means that the plan that God has for my life will not be ruined. There is no thing that's going to come up that is going to catch Jesus off guard. He's going to say, oh, I didn't account for this. I didn't think this would happen. No, he knows. If even the cross wasn't out of his plan, then I can trust that he will fulfill his plan in my life, in your life as well. Because he's a wonderful counselor. And so in the season of Advent, as we sit in longing, and as we long for guidance, as we long for control, again, we look forward to the one day where Jesus will bring that over all the world. But the wonderful thing is he offers that to us right now, today. Thank God for our wonderful counselor. Well, band, you can come on up. Um, the way we're going to respond, we've been doing this a lot more lately, and I love it, is we're going to have an opportunity to pray. Okay, so first we're going to pray individually, and then we'll have an opportunity to pray um, together as well. So here's the first thing. We're going to take about a minute and a half and just respond to all of this in prayer. A couple ways come to mind. First of all, maybe the theme of guidance stood out. Uh, maybe right now you are in a place where you are in need of guidance. You don't know what the next step forward is and you need someone to direct you. Use this as an opportunity to pray to our wonderful counselor, to Jesus. Maybe at the same time, this could be an opportunity for repentance because you're aware of the counselors that you have allowed to drown out Jesus. It could be a politician, a celebrity, someone influential in your life. Maybe this is an opportunity to come back to Jesus and say, no, I want your counsel, your guidance to reign supreme above all else. On the other hand, maybe what you need to pray into is just about the lack of control. Say, Jesus, I trust you as my wonderful counselor. Help me see how this is accomplishing your plan. Help me to have trust in you that you will work all things together for my good. So take 90 seconds pray into those, and then I'll lead us into the next part. Well, the band is going to continue to play, but what we encourage you to do now is to actually get up and pray with one another. Because here's the awesome truth, is that Jesus' spirit is in us, and one of the ways that he provides counsel is through believers coming together and praying for one another. So if you feel prayed to go and call for somebody, step up, be bold, do it. And on the flip side, if you need to receive prayer for guidance or for trust in Jesus, go find a brother or sister in Christ and pray with them. Thanks be to God.